Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church, and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode, and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. My name is Kenny, and I have the honor of serving as the lead pastor uh, here at Home Church. And so we're going to continue in the series we've been in uh, called Whiteboard Sessions. Now, if you've never been around or maybe you're newer to Home Church, one of my favorite things to do is to pull out a whiteboard and to do some teaching. Uh, we like to be able to teach God's Word in maybe a little different way. There are many of you that are visual learners. I've had a couple of conversations this week of folks that are like, man, it's just really helpful for me to be able to see something up here. And uh, last week, I think, was a, a really helpful teaching. And so if you missed it and you're terrible at communication, right, so that's you. If you missed it, you're terrible at, at communication, I know, just because we all are, uh, go back and watch it. Now, one of the things that my wife gave me some feedback on is that I will do a better job today of not just standing in front of the whiteboard and moving a little to the side so my friends over here can see it just a little better. Is that better? I'll, I'll do better today. Um, my friend William down here was trying to take a picture last week, and he couldn't do it because your boy is just standing in front of the whiteboard the whole time, so I'll, I'll do better today. But... Um, you know, one of the conversations that I have often with people in their life is, um, is a conversation where they're typically walking through a busy season, lots of stuff going on with children, crazy things going on at work, uh, maybe a season kind of like right now, right? Vacation, uh, school's about to start ramping up, businesses are kind of getting ready for the fall, and there's just lots going on. And, and maybe it doesn't need to be a special season. Maybe this is just your life, and you are constantly um, feeling a little bit out of whack. And, and one of the things that people say to me is they're like, man, it's just crazy, it's busy, but don't worry, I'm gonna get things back in balance. And, um, and, and I just, man, it's so funny, this, um, this perspective that I have as a pastor, because I walk with so many people through so many parts of their life, and I see so many things from an outside viewpoint that you don't have because you're either living your life or you're too busy like looking at somebody else and, and judging them. I have the, uh, the opportunity to walk and to try not to judge and to like navigate with people. And I see so many places in people's lives. And so because of that outside perspective, I can make this statement to you that balance is not possible. I know that. I've seen it in too many of your lives where you think you're gonna at some point gain some consistency and balance things out. And the truth is it never happens. It's a myth. In fact, it's a myth of the American culture that we live in that at some point you can balance out your work and your life and your children and your friends and your family and your church attendance and all that stuff at some point. You know, if you just do the right things and you'll get it balanced out. Well, if you want to do a balance beam, that's fine, but those things are a little easier when you're standing in a gym and there's no wind and there's no storms, and there's nobody trying to shove you down like an enemy, and all of a sudden you can walk across that beam pretty easy, and you can balance. But how many of you know that's not the way we walk through life? There's storms, there's chaos, there's an enemy trying to push you off your mark, and all of a sudden there's so many things that are distracting us, and just walking in a balanced straight line is so hard. Frankly, it's impossible. And so today I want to talk to you about um, what I think is one of the most critical conversations and critical teachings that you can grab hold of for your life. 
and it's around priorities. It's around priorities. And so I want to, I want to show you this. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, we've got Scripture on the screens, and uh, you can open the YouVersion Bible app, the Home Church app. All of these things have Scripture listed right along so you can follow along today. But I want to lean into Matthew chapter 6. This is Jesus. He's kind of starting, and he's uh, a midpoint into the Sermon on the Mount, and he's starting to give some more instructions uh, about life. And, and here's what he says in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Now, this is an area I struggle in because my, my wife will tell you that your boy lives to eat, all right? And so the question is, is, is life not more than food? I don't know, Jesus. I, I, I'm like truly questioning. I'm, jo- I'm joking, but I do enjoy food. Um. Look at the birds, this is verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The answer is no, I've tried. I've, uh, I've told you guys this story before, but there was a, a time in my life where I was a terrible steward of money, and uh, I stopped paying my car payment so I could go out to eat. See, told you, I like live to eat. Um, and I would lay awake at night hearing a sound, thinking that somebody was pulling to repo my car. And then one day, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, son, pay your bills. <laughs> uh, and secondly, if there's nothing you can do about it right now, then go to sleep. And if there's something you can do about it right now, get your butt up and go do it, all right? So stop worrying. Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Did you hear that? The pagans run after all these things, and yet your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, and this is kind of the main point where we're going today. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So today I want to talk to you around priorities, and I think Scripture is very clear that when we seek after the kingdom, all of these other things will be given to us, basically saying that there is a a way and a priority structure to the life that we have as believers, And Jesus wants to speak directly to these things. And so I think part of the idea here is that we misunderstand the definition of priority. Because oftentimes when someone mentions priority, what they think of is where they spend most of their time. And the reality is is that that's not what the definition of priority is trying to communicate. The definition of priority is not where you spend more time. It's in what emphasis and importance you put on it. 
right? Here's, I'll just read this to you, these definitions. Here's what Webster's says, is that priority is the fact or condition of being regarded or treated as more important, right? It has these sub-definitions, and here's what it says. A thing that is regarded as more important than another, okay? The third one says, the right to take precedent or to proceed before others, so in saying this, I, I believe in our culture we have created this misunderstanding of priority, and truly we've fallen into a wrong priority structure in our life. And so today, I want to take and I want to teach this to you, and I want to show you what God's Word says about where our priorities should land. So if you're taking notes, and you might want to do that today, I'm going to write, and I'm going to try to stay out of the way for you guys over here. Here's what the world says that our priority structure is and most often looks like, right? Uh, The world says that our children come first and then work in a lot of places is, oh, if if you didn't know, I'm terrible at writing. So that's, I started to write word and then (laughs) I changed it to work. Work is critical to people, right? Uh, and, And then all of a sudden we've got this right here. We've got our our friends and our family, which is good. And then finally, you know, we get down here and there's potentially uh, religion or God. And then in our priority structure, we put ourselves right down here at the bottom. This is what the world says that our priority structure looks like. And, And the truth is, is that I've seen this play out in so many people's lives. Now, does one of these maybe supersede slightly over another based on the person and their life? For sure. And often it's this right here. Work oftentimes will slide to the top of our priority structure in most of our lives. And this is what the world says our priorities are supposed to look like. And so because of that, that's how many of us prioritize our lives. But unfortunately, this is not the way of the word or of the Lord. This is the way of the world, but not the way of the word. And so today I want to show you what God's word says and what God says our priority structure should look like, right? And so first and foremost, Jesus sets the example By getting up early and often, he tells us this in Matthew, to seek the will of the Father. And so for us, our top priority has to be Jesus. He has to be our top priority. He sets this example for us. And then the next one in our priority list is going to really mess up some of y'all. It really is, all right? Because you've been doing it all wrong all your life. The next person in our priority list is me. Well, not me, but you. And I can see some of your faces. Y'all are like, yo, this dude's a heretic. Like, what is going on? Like, that's not true. That's not what the word says. Because the word says that you should love your neighbor as yourself. You should love your neighbor more than anything else. And so that should be our top priority. Our friends and our family, other people should go ahead of us. Nah, homie, you didn't actually read the word. Because the word says that you must love your neighbor what? as yourself. Question, how can you love your neighbor better than you love yourself? And let me be very clear, I'm not talking about self-help stuff, right? 
I'm not talking about getting your massages in and your petties and your perms and all. Like, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm talking about the condition of your soul. I'm talking about your ability to care well for yourself and to make yourself a priority. Now, for those of us that are, you know, I, you know what? I forgot one over here. Well, this is going to annoy me. Do you guys see that? There's a gnat. That's going to drive me crazy. So I forgot one right here. Like right in here, the world would say our spouse fits in, right? But in God's word, when we're married, Scripture says that the two shall become what? One. Yeah. Good. Some of y'all. It's good. So this line starts to look a little more linear, Right? So when we put Jesus first and then we put ourselves in the right proper line of priority, and especially when we're married, then our spouse comes right alongside of us. This is important. This is important. Because um, I, I, I got so many things I want to say, so I want to get the priorities in front of you, and then I want to come back and talk through it, right? So next is our children, no doubt. That's good, right? Our children. Here's the problem with that. Because most people put their children up here. And I've said this before, and some of you, 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 you still haven't been able to, to be able to prove me wrong, so I'm going to give you a chance to do it again. Nowhere in Scripture are you commanded to love your children. Hello. Nowhere. Now, we're for sure told in Proverbs to train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Yeah, Yes and amen. Now, we're also told to spare the rod, and if we do that, we'll spoil the child. No doubt, right? We are also told to, uh, as, a, as a man and as a family, that we are a good man will leave an inheritance for his children's children. There's lots of definitions about how to care well and lead your children, but not one about how to love them. Now, this is weird. Because Ephesians 5 is all about how husbands, you should love your wife as Christ loved the church, giving yourself as a sacrifice for her. Wives, submit yourself to your husband as to Christ. Like there's so much commands in scripture about this relationship and not this one. And so many of us live by the command of our children are our top priority. And I will lovingly say to you, your children are an idol in your life and they are hindering this relationship because you don't have it in proper priorities. I love you. But oftentimes, you know, people are like, well, our kids are going to grow up quick and they're going to be gone. We should take care to manage our household well, to spend time with our children, to love them well. I want to be very clear. Yes and amen. Yeah. Go to your kids' ball games. Go to gymnastics. Be at their school graduations, kindergarten, elementary, Middle, high school, I don't know, we're graduating everybody these days. Go to all those things, for sure. But here's what you forget in the business of raising your children and prioritizing them, is that you made a commitment before them, and that commitment will be there when your children fly the roost, start their own families, and are too busy to come around, and you will then have a live-in roommate and not a spouse anymore. I've seen it happen. This is the proper way, in God's word, that we're supposed to prioritize our life. And I know some of y'all, that you have your children up here, you are upset with me right now. You don't want to hear the rest of what I have to say. I hear you, and I love you, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. Here's a great indication 
of how do you know your kids are your top priority. When you plan your schedule, the first thing you consider is all the crap your kids have you signed up for. That manages your life. I played travel baseball when I was a kid. Loved it. It was great. My parents traveled all over the place. I didn't make it pro. I'm pro in something way different. Was it a good time? Yeah. Do you know how many Sundays I missed being in church, being in God's house, doing that? More than I can count. My kids love this. My kids love that. My kids love eating the crappiest food in the world. Do we give it to them? Listen, I know y'all aren't used to a pastor like looking you in the eye and talking to you real talk and loving you in a real way. But I've seen too many of your lives completely destroyed because you stop chasing Jesus, because you stop chasing your spouse, and all you do is take care of your children. I am a prime example because now I live an hour away from my mother. I talk to her maybe once a week, and I see her maybe once a month. Doesn't mean I don't love my mom. But now my priorities have shifted in my life as well. Where should they be? Jesus, my spouse, my kids, right? I hope this opens some of your eyes. I pray the Holy Spirit is working on you right now. So the next part of this is work. I know some of y'all are like, yo, you just don't want anybody to make any money, huh? (laughs) No, 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 you do. You need to make money. Um, You need to provide for yourself. In fact, Scripture is really clear. For men that are a believer, for those men who are believers and you don't provide for your household, Scripture says you are worse than a pagan. Should you work? Absolutely. We got some things to take care of, right? We also are God-given gifts and talents that we are meant to put to use in the marketplace, for sure. We get a chance to be a witness, Uh, One of the things I love to talk about here is uh, God created Adam. First thing he did, he gave him a job. (laughs) I love that. Like most people miss that. But God creates Adam and they think the first thing he does is get Eve. Nah, homie. The first thing God does is give him a job to go and name all the animals. Why? Because Adam had to show some responsibility and stewardship over something else in the earth before God would gift him with the most important relationship outside of the one with him on earth. Friends and family. Man, this is so important. We were created by community. So our God, a triune God, Father, Son, Spirit, is a community of God, created us in his image, in the Imago Dei, the image of God. We were created by community to have community. You were not meant to do this life alone. So spending time with friends and family and coworkers and neighbors, oh, that's great. We should do that. That's part of the way that we get the fullness of life. We should experience that. And so now, all of a sudden, when you look at the way that the world describes our priorities and the way that God describes our priorities, they are vastly different, right? Vastly different. One of the greatest areas that you need to see today is this. Because all of us lead in some way, shape, or form in our life. We lead lead ourselves, 
we lead our family, we lead at work, we lead something. Pretty much all of us lead something. And as leaders, one of the things that we talk about is that we want to pour out into other people. We want to pour out, right? Here's my question for you. If your priorities are that you go last, and you're the last thing that matters, you're the last thing that ever gets any emphasis, here's my question for you. What are you pouring out onto? Nothing. The best you could possibly do is maybe give a little splash right there. It's the best you can do. But the scripture says that from the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. When you and I are in good, healthy, consistent relationship with Jesus, it fills us up to overflow. And I love this. The first thing that we overflow onto is supposed to be our spouse. And then our children, and our work, our friends and family, our relationships. You see, this is the way in which God says that we're supposed to walk. He says, seek first his kingdom. He says there's a priority structure in our life that is meant to be had. I, I want to go back to the definition of priority. Remember, it's not how much time you spend doing something because if that's true, all of us would probably be like the rest of the world because we spend most of our day at work, right? So it's not about how we spend our time. It's where we hold a level of importance for the things that we walk in this life. And so many times people say, I just, man, I, I, I wanna follow Jesus, I just don't have time. I would say this. When Jesus is your top priority, you will make time. Does it have to be an hour? Does it have to be a whole day in your prayer closet? No. But what if you were to make him your priority? The first thing that you think of when you wake up is spending time with Jesus. It might just be a moment of prayer. God, thank you for waking me up today. Thank you for my family that I woke up to. Thank you for this house. Like, what, what if just the priority is that you put first your relationship with God? And then all of a sudden, the rest of these start to work out. The rest of these start to fall in line. Man, I know this is heavy for some of you, and I love you. But I know right now that the Spirit of God is, is moving on some of your hearts. And there's probably one of these areas that you're looking at that you are upset with me, <laughs> Or maybe you're a little upset with yourself. This can all shift in an instance. In an instance. Because priorities only take a moment to change. You're standing at the altar, you say, I do, immediately, in that instance, your priorities change. And now you are not just one flesh, you are two that became one. Everything changed in that moment. You're in the delivery room and you used to work about, worry about work and that's all you cared about and then all of a sudden you had a child or you adopted a child. You were in the courtroom and they said, you get to be the stewards of this family. You get to steward these children. Now all of a sudden your priorities change, don't they? Your priorities can shift in an instant and by the way, this can be the instant that you shift your priorities if you choose to. Now, all of these are important, 
But as your pastor, could I lovingly say, this, that's where the sauce is made right there. This is critical. Your relationship with Jesus is so important. Everything from the rest of your life flows from it. Everything from the rest of your life flows from it. Do you hear this? Man, you want to be a really great parent? Awesome. You need to be filled up with the ways of the Lord. So not just when your children are old, but as you pour out onto them, they will know the ways of the Lord because you are teaching them. Then they will not depart from them. You want to be really great in your workplace. Awesome. Tell you what, the best people in the marketplace are believers who are filled up in the spirit walking with Jesus. You can just see it on them. You can just see it on them. You want your relationships to matter? There's something about people who are walking with Jesus that gravitate. People just gravitate to them. They want to spend time being around those people. And you know what? You'll have more to give them too. So I just wonder, where do your priorities lie? Do you find yourself more aligning with the ways of the world? Or do you find yourself prioritizing your life in the ways of the word? You know, this is, a, this is an important teaching for all of us. I think it can shift many parts of our life. But you know, this also shifts and leads us as a church as well. So with the last minute or so that we have together, I just want to share with you some of the priorities that we have as a church, if that's okay with you. So many people visit us and, you know, we, we do church and, uh, well, you know, lots of people do church. But I think there are some distinguishing factors that separate home church from really any other church. And it's because of the way that we prioritize what we believe Jesus has called us to. And so I, I want to lay out a few of these for you today just so that, uh, that you can see them. And so the first is this. These are the priorities of home church, right? The priorities of home church. There are three areas that I want to show you. Uh, the first priority of home church is the home, your house. We believe that you are the mamas and the daddies and the pastors of your house. This is what we care about the most when we lead our church. Because when we can teach you to follow Jesus and we can teach you to lead your spouse and we can teach you to take care of your children and lead them in the ways of the Lord, we know that just like in that priority structure, everything else is gonna flow from there. We believe that the most important and the most intimate gathering of home church does not happen here on Sundays. It happens by your children's bed. It happens at your kitchen table. It happens in your prayer closet in your home. We believe that the most important and intimate gathering of home church is in your home. This is what we prioritize. We prioritize our children, our, our students, rally. We want to give resources to parents to love and lead each other well and to take care of their families. This is critical to us. Second are groups. That little growing bothering me. We love you, Claire. Hey, sweet girl. Hi. You can cry. You're not bothering me. We love you. 
And I'm serious about that. I don't care. Bring your kids in here. Send them to Treehouse Kids. Bring them somehow, some way. Bring them here. The next priority of home church are home groups. You know, we're, we're a growing church, and we're going to continue to grow. And I, I want to pastor you. And when you call me, you need something, you need prayer, you need me to show up at the hospital, things like that, man, we're going to do, do all that we can to love you really, really well. But if you really want to be connected into this family, this is how. We have home groups that meet all throughout the area, all types of different home groups. This is where we put our priority and emphasis on community and discipleship, right? You want to spend a little more time diving deeper in the word and relationship? This is it. This is it. We want to resource them well. We want you to lean into it. And the third priority of home church are Sunday gatherings. Man, we love gathering together with you on Sundays. This is important. We want to do it excellently. We want to do it well. I want to say thank you because, man, you guys have been walking in and out of construction every week here at the school. Treehouse Kids is in a different place. Like, everything looks different almost every week. Thank you for sticking with us and walking with us during the summer as they do construction. But I'll I'll tell you this, man. Like, it's an important piece to us that we make Sundays really excellent. We want to lead well in worship. I want to preach God's word to you in a way that you can understand and grab hold of and utilize in your life. Sunday gatherings are important. We get a chance to see new friends and make new family and hug and say hello to old ones. Scripture reminds us that we are to not forsake the gathering together of believers. We will continue to do this. So these are the priorities of home church. But we have some priorities in home church as well. And number one is this. I'm going to say it this way. Every day. One of the priorities that we have in home church is that you would take and spend time with Jesus every day. We want you to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, to spend time in his word, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in worship. This is one of our priorities that we can help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Number, number two in this list of relationships or priorities in home church is that you would know that you would know God's word. Because I believe when you're spending time with Jesus every day, you're spending time in his word, it's going to apparently, inherently start to consume you and then you are going to know God's word. It's important that you know God's word so that number three, you can do God's word. James says, do not just be mere hearers of the word, be doers of the word. And the way that we do knowing the word is this. We want you to move from being a believer to a disciple. There are many of you in the room that you have at some point put your faith in Jesus. Yes and amen. We love that. You're part of the family. You are a believer. The problem is is that Jesus did not give us a commission and a command to go and make believers. He said to go and make what? Disciples. What's a disciple? Really easy. Here's the, way that we dis- here's the way that we define a disciple at home church. A disciple is a disciplined follower. Wait, there's not more than that? No, that's it's really easy. Being a disciple of Jesus is a disciplined follower. 
Here's what's important. If you have an everyday relationship with Jesus, it will send you into knowing God's word and eventually you will move and you will do God's word moving from a believer to a disciple. What are some easy key indicators of I'm a disciple? Do you serve? Do you serve? Yo, you come and get fed. You come to the table every week and you eat our food. Do you serve and give back? That's a key indicator. Do you give? Man, we take care of your children really well. Your students come and are being led well, taught well. Young adults we're investing in. We spend a ton of money in outreach. Man, we give things to places you don't even know, other churches, other ministries. A disciplined follower of Jesus, Paul says, will not give under compulsion, but will give out of a generous heart. You giving? I'm not talking to you about a tithe. I'm not talking to you about a percentage. I'm asking you anything. You give anything. The last part of this disciple piece, I'm just trying to make it simple. Do you serve? Do you give? Do you show up? <laughs> Do you attend? Are you a disciplined attender? Because if you're going to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, you're going to know God's word, you're going to actually do it, but you don't ever do it with us, what, what are we doing? We're just playing church. You know, I'm, I'm not interested in playing church. This matters too much. There's eternity at stake. Now, here's the fun part. We have priorities of home church. We have priorities in home church. And then here's the last part. We have priorities for home church. And this is exciting because this is the heart of the house. This is what we're caring after. Our, our mission statement is to reach people far from God and teach them how to follow Jesus step by step. And the way that we do that is we pour in to people in these ways. We help them understand how they can be a part of the kingdom. And then for us as a church, as, a, as an organization, we have a part to play as well. I wanna share with you some of the things that we are focused on as a church, as a body, right? Uh, number one, We need a house. <laughs> we need a house. It's weird for home church to be homeless, right? We need a house. Man, God's been really gracious to this house where we've met in living rooms. We met at another church's place on Sunday afternoons. We met at a campground for a few weeks. We met at North Lincoln. We've met here at Maiden. And we're grateful for all of those things. But our next step is we need a house to call our home. And I want to tell you that we are actively pursuing that. We are constantly actively pursuing that. But I want to let you know in on, not a secret, but some details, that myself and the elders of our church, these are local men who are a part of this house, who are helping come alongside of me and we help lead this house. We've made a decision that unless God opens up a building for us, that we are actively pursuing the purchase of land. We are actively pursuing the purchase of land. 
We have a realtor who is giving us information. Uh, there are pieces of land that we are looking at, and as elders, we are this close to being able to decide if one or the other might work for us and putting an offer in on a piece of land, okay? Further than that, we've got some money that's been sitting aside for a few years based on the generosity of our people, and we've also been stewarding well what you have been given, and I wanna let you know that for the last year, we have been setting aside $3,000 a month to go to savings to help buy and afford a piece of land when it's right and when it's time. When I say we are actively looking for land, <laughs> I want you to hear me. We are actively looking for land. <laughs> Here's the process. We find a piece of land, we buy it, we hope you'll give generously, we pay it off. The day we pay it off, we go back to the bank and we look and we talk to them about what that land's worth. We collateralize that and we start a building process, just like that. In the meantime, we're working on, when we have that land, we're working on designs and permits and all that stuff. So when the time's right, we pay off the land, we collateralize that land, we go and we build a house as quickly and effectively and efficiently for God's glory as we can. But this house, we need a home, right? Real quick, you own five acres of land or more, I wanna talk to you, all right? And if we're creating a party structure, if you own five acres of land or more and you wanna give it, I'll talk to you first. <laughs> just be real, uh, just be real. We're just being honest, right? Number two. I wanna make sure I get this right, right? We're actively looking for a home. Number two is we wanna raise up leaders. We need to raise up leaders. This is an active call. If you call home church a part of your house, it is time to take a step in and to lead because we're going somewhere. There, I'm telling you, this fall, there's gonna be an influx of people in this house and we need to be ready to receive them and lead them. We need more home group leaders today. I, I got people ready to join a home group. I don't have a place to pop them in. We need people to come and to serve in Treehouse Kids today. Y'all keep popping out kids and bringing them. I mean, we gotta, we gotta do something with them, right? We need people to serve in the next generation with students. We need people who actually like people and wanna smile to stand out front and greet and help us gather and meet all these new people that are gonna come. We need people to help build the house. I don't know if you know, but when you walk in, it didn't just look like that. We actually had to set it all up. And by the way, when you leave, guess what we'll do? We'll rip it all down. I'm going back to number one, we need a house. <laughs> but there are heroes who show up every week to build the house and tear it back down. We need more of them. We are going to be actively pursuing people over the fall. I'm telling you, we've seen over 300 guests since we've been here in January. I believe in the next six months, we're gonna see that and more. I believe it. We need to be ready to receive them. It's gonna take some leaders. The last part is this. The last priority for our church is to send. 
Um, <clears throat> man, I grew up hating church. Um, and there are lots of reasons that I planted home church. Scripture says this. People ask me all the time. They're like, hey, tell me about the calling. <laughs> well, God gave me a pretty clear calling, but he actually makes it really simple. He says this in uh, 1 Timothy. He says, if anyone desires to be an overseer or a pastor, he desires a good thing. And God has put a desire in my heart to lead church in the local church. Man, there are great churches all around. But we need good local churches led by good local pastors. And y'all, I love you. And I think God's gonna continue to bring people here. But as he does, we need to be ready with leaders and a house to send them out of to send them to another small town who needs what God has been brewing up right here. I grew up in a small town that if home church showed up with good preaching, good worship, good leaders ready to change a community, God would radically revive my hometown of Clover. There are so many small towns all around our area that if we showed up with what God's been brewing up here, this vision for the home and our groups and our gatherings, that men and women would have everyday relationships with Jesus and know God's word and do it, and it would have a radical change in that community, and then we would build a house there and raise up leaders there and send them out and do it again and do it again and do it again until Jesus comes back. This is the heart of the house. This is the heart of home church. And it's coming soon that we're gonna be ready to send. And I want this house to consistently be a church planting church. Because there are so many people, they're not gonna show up at their mom and daddy's house They're not going to show up at their grandmama and granddaddy's old church. Man, something like this pops down in their place. Look out. Incredible things are going to happen for the kingdom. And so today, I wanted to talk to you about priorities. We all have them in our lives. And I wanted to clearly lay out for you the priorities of this house as well. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to just take a moment. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to give you some space right now to just consider, to just ponder all that you've heard today about your life, about where your priorities lie, about where your relationship is with Jesus and your spouse and your children and your work and your friends and your family. I just wonder, as you introspectively look and ask the Spirit to discern and guide you, what needs to change in the way you live your life starting right now? Right now. Which of your priorities are out of alignment? Now I'd like for you to take a moment and consider the priorities of home church. Where do you fit in? What can we do to help you in your home? To be the mama and the daddy and the pastor of your house. What can we do? We wanna hand you resources. We got plenty. 
We want to coach you. We want to pastor you through that. How can we help you get connected to a home group? It's important. I want to invite you to keep coming back consistently on Sundays. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you, believer, to spend every day in God's word, to start to know and wrap your hands and your heart around knowing God's word and that it would move you to not just be a believer, but to be a disciple, a disciplined follower. And as you heard where our church is moving, where's your part? What's your part in it? We all have a part to play. This house needs you. Father, I pray for your sons and daughters right now. I pray that your spirit would move amongst their hearts, God, to reveal yourself, to to open up eyes, to open up hearts, to open up minds for what you wanna do in their life. God, if there's any misalignment in their priorities based on what your word says, I pray that you would highlight that, that you would would press in, that you would make them uh, so aware and so clearly aware. And God, I pray that you would speak direction to them of what it looks like, what you desire for them to shift their priorities. God, would you do that right now? God, I pray that you would stir the, the hearts and minds and hands of your people to be an active part of your house. To not just come and consume, but to, but to be a contributor, to be a, someone who's helping build it right alongside of you, God. I pray that you would give direction to your people for their part to play in this house. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is clear as to how you choose for us to walk our life. God, help us walk out of here today to prioritize our lives in the way that you would have us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.